Time once again for our film segment. Very pleased to have here in the studio to uh, give us the latest Pierce Conran. Good to see you again, sir. Good morning, Henry. Good to be back. Well, uh, it is, of course... Um, Maybe a sign of the times or that things are getting better that we see you physically here in the studio. And maybe a sign that the box office is perhaps uh, recovering. Wonder Woman 1984 topping the box office uh, for the third weekend in theaters. Usually if you see a three-peat, that means um, something pretty significant. But in terms of raw numbers, I guess it's a difference. How exactly is it performing at the moment? Right. So, yeah, like a, a three-peat winner would be something like Avengers kind of conquering yeah, yeah. the box office. This is not exactly quite the same situation. Um, it's at about half a million admissions now, um, which is uh, just over $4 billion won. Uh, to put that in perspective, the first Wonder Woman had $2 million admissions mm. four years ago. And, you know, mm. that wasn't exactly a huge hit either. Right. The DC right. films have typically struggled versus Marvel. And I think uh, the reaction to the film has been somewhat middling anyway. Both critics and viewers haven't really been drawn to it. So, uh, so it, it's hard to say. Obviously, there's the effect of, of COVID and there's the effect of the film not being mm. that well liked around, not so well received around the world. So not, not a huge hit, but really the only thing, only game in town right now. Yeah, well, and typically, in, at least domestically, the only game in town have been Korean films. Wonder Woman was only the second major Hollywood film to hit theaters during this pandemic. Uh, but it, it just looks like everything is very anemic right now, right? We're talking about record lows of attendance. Oh, absolutely. Uh, over the past weekend, there were 81,000 tickets sold. To put that in perspective, a quiet, non-pandemic weekend would typically <laughs> hover around 1 million. Wow. So that's quite a bit lower. Yeah. Not only is it low, it's actually the lowest weekend ever since, uh, since records uh, officially began. began in 2004. It's probably even you know, mm. longer than that. Uh, it beats the previous uh, unfortunate record, uh, which was uh, 97,000. And that was uh, mid-April last year when 1917 right. was, uh, was topping the box office. Uh, so that's, that's some pretty, pretty tiny numbers right now. Of course, these, this sustained third wave of infections has had a huge effect on that. And of course, the record low temperatures, I think, have also driven mm. people away, just kept people uh, for, you know, um, safe and warm at home. Uh, looking ahead, we do have Soul, the next uh, Dis- Disney Pixar film that apparently is quite good, and that's coming out next week. So hopefully things will pick up then, especially as we're seeing a, uh, hopefully uh, an, an yeah. ease in COVID numbers. And, and a relaxation of the, uh, the restrictions, of course, uh, from level 2.5. So a lot of the, the numbers are by design in the sense that uh, they do want to keep things socially distant. Let's turn to some positive uh, news. Uh, it does look like the uh, veteran actress Yoon Ye-jung has... bagged a number of prizes in recent weeks uh, for her performance in the American indie film Minari. So I guess the question is, uh, is she headed for an Oscar nom? Well, I think we, we all kind of hope so. Uh, at this point, it's, she's doing remarkably well in the awards season. She's, uh, you have all these kind of uh, film critics uh, uh, circles that do their awards in America before you have the industry awards. And she's kind of uh, sweeping through those. She's won the Best Supporting Actress Prize at seven of those awards, mm. including the Alliance of Women, Women Film Journalists and the, and the Society for like Boston, New York, Los Angeles, North Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. And she's kind of leading the pack. No one else has won as many awards as, as she has so mm. far. So she's kind of uh, seen as, as a favorite to be nominated, certainly. Um, the money is still on, on, on Amanda Seyfried for Mank, although she hasn't won so many prizes, but mm. she has that kind of uh, industry cred, shall we say. Right. Uh, and we'll have a clearer idea of, uh, of, of how likely it is that she could win an eventual nomination once we have a few of these kind of more industry award prizes happen, things like the Screen Actors Guild uh, and uh, the Golden Globes. Right. But looking good so far. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of looking good, let's talk about some of the big films waiting in the wings. We know a lot of these are uh, delayed 2020 uh, originally scheduled releases. However, Netflix had a very busy year last year. 
and they are continuing that uh, this year more ambitious. Could you run us uh, through some of the uh, things that they have in terms of content uh, set for this year? Uh, Absolutely. So they have loads of big stuff, and just a few of those include Round 6, which is Ojingo Game in Korean. That's a a new show from uh, the director Hwang Dong-hyuk, who made Silence and Miss Granny. It stars Lee Jong-jae and Park Hae-soo, who take part in this uh, survival game for a huge huge prize. It's a very big-budget show. We have Kim Hae-soo teaming up with Kim Mu-yeol, in the juvenile court drama Sonyeon Shimpan. I think that's like juvenile judgments in, in, Korea, in mm. English. There's no actual uh, name for that yet, uh, official name. Then we have a very interesting uh, sci-fi drama called The Silent Sea, Goyo Epada, which is, uh, stars Gong Yoo and Pei Duna, who uh, go, are on this team, this expedition to the moon to retrieve information from uh, an abandoned research station. It's also produced by superstar Jong Woo Song. So he's kind of becoming mm. more active behind the scenes. Mm. Then we have Yeon Sang-ho, the director of Train to Busan and Peninsula, who's making his Netflix directing debut of Hellbound, which he adapts from his own webtoon about demons who come to Earth and drag people to hell, and that stars Yu Ai-in. So, we have uh, uh, Netflix, and they have a track record of success right now, the recent uh, huge hit, uh, Sweet Home. As you've been able to gauge now, and I, I guess, you know, we, we can't just always just stick with films here, but with all of the content, content Netflix has put out, do you, do you kind of see a theme as to how they're differentiating from, like, let's say, the terrestrial broadcasters? For sure. I think they're kind of trying to, to merge things a little bit, and they're also looking at a more global perspective. They're interested in, in getting an international audience with their, with their thing. Sweet mm-hmm. Home has been doing really well overseas, obviously. So one, part of the, one, one key to that is getting big film talent. Of course, actors, you know, can kind of travel across sure. film and TV. But directors, particularly that are new to to small screen uh, content, are being brought in by Netflix a lot. Uh, They're certainly attracted to sci-fi, horror, big genre, high concept things, kind of monster shows. So they're leaving behind the more traditional uh, drama stories of like romance and family and these more conventional dramas to the the local content providers. Although there's still some overlap in in both ways. And they're also largely drawing uh, from webtoons for their content. But that's kind of how it's how it is everywhere. big show right now, The Uncounted Counter, Kongmiro and Somun, is another webtoon hit on OCN. Okay, well, moving away from the actual content, uh, let's talk about something uh, uh, outside of the screen or um, in terms of productions. Uh, this is a kind of, I, I guess there's that stereotype of the Hollywood liberal elite, but uh, really people of all stripes and colors have been outraged by what happened uh, last week. Uh, the, the, the insurrection, the riot at the U.S. Capitol. Generally speaking, how did Hollywood react to that? Well, unsurprisingly, they've been, you know, uh, uh, particularly vocal about this, whereas they have been ever since uh, Trump, you know, kind of started running for office. There's a mixture of just that kind of that anger and that fear that's been there the whole time. But I think also just a lot of exasperation. It's like, how, how did this happen? How did it, you know, this, we all could see this happening. And of course, uh, you know, the usual cal- uh, calls for accountability and now just impeachment, you know, should he resign mm-hmm. or, you know, should Pence in the cabinet invoke the 25th Amendment? Basically, Hollywood kids can't get rid of Trump soon enough. One interesting story I like. Uh, within Hollywood. I don't know if you watched uh, uh, Xena and Hercules back in the day on TV. Oh, yeah. You had uh, uh, Lucy Lawless attacked Kevin Sorbo on, on Twitter because he's kind of, he's pretty far Kevin right. Kevin Sorbo and James Woods, yeah. I mean, there's that yeah. minority of groups that are kind of <laughs> tried and true Trumpers, but... Uh, I, I mean, it, it's, 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 a, it's a very difficult thing to do because you do have one side that is kind of ha- has a dominant opinion, but uh, obviously um, there is a little diversity there. Oh, for sure. There's a very uh, vocal, uh, not-so-silent minority. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, speaking of Hollywood, uh, one 
piece of uh, exciting news for Korean fans. Uh, the filmmaker Im Sang-soo apparently preparing his Hollywood debut. What can you tell us about that? Yes, so Im Sang-soo, a great filmmaker who made classics like A Good Lord's Wife, The President's Last Bang, and The Can Invited, The Housemaid, and The Taste of Money. He is adapting uh, a, a novel called Soho Sins by Richard Vine, and uh, he's currently writing that screen adaptation with the writer Vine. Mm. Uh, it's, it examines, the, the story examines the shady underbelly of the New York art scene, and uh, does that through the murder of the woman in uh, the it couple of that scene. So uh, they're working, there's a, there's a Korean company working with a, a Hollywood company to make this, and apparently they're, they're looking at, they're, they're aiming, putting their, their hopes pretty high. They're hoping to cast people like Hugh Jackman and Brad Pitt. Wow. Okay. But of course, nothing less is confirmed. <laughs> uh, however, we do know that pre-production is expected to start in July, so hopefully it'll start filming later this year. Yeah, and the hope is uh, by July uh, we're going to see Uh, more and more of these uh, vaccinations uh, be rolled out and uh, that uh, we'll have some semblance of that cliched term normalcy here uh, for everybody. Yeah, fingers crossed indeed. Pierce, as always, thank you very much for joining us. Good to see you in person again and look forward to talking to you again next week. Looking forward to it. That's going to do it for us as well. Thank you very much for joining our program. Coming up next is Life Abroad, hosted by Na Seung-yeon. Please stay tuned for that. We'll be back tomorrow for another edition at 7 a.m. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. This has been Henry Shin. Goodbye.